this church, and uh, it's always good to gather. But very often over certain uh, periods, you just wonder, like Phil's already said, how many are going to turn out, and what's it going to be like, what's the spirit of the meeting, and I'm so pleased that the spirit of the meeting has been great. But we've also been very intentional when we knew that Doug and Pat were actually going to be over here visiting John and Sandy. It's the first time in 30 plus years that they've ever spent a Christmas with the family. So it's a great joy for John and Sandy and obviously for us guys, the wider family, uh, to be able to have that, that, that time with them. But when we knew that Doug and Pat were going to be here, we, we, we immediately said, I, we think it would be great, Phil and I, to be able to have Doug come and share God's word with us. Doug's been actually uh, to Arena Church on, uh, this will be his third occasion that he'll, be, he'll, he'll have preached here. I remember the first time we were downstairs in the, in the small, uh, um, now dance studio, a number of people committed their lives to Christ, which was wonderful. The last time that he, he, he shared, he, he spoke about some of the journey of, of his life and his and Pat's life and the tragedy of, 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 of what they had to contend with and how they came to faith and again people responded to the gospel. So I'm in faith this morning that if you are far away from Jesus, you've never given God a thought, you've never got church, you've never got God, I want to encourage you to pin your ears back and to listen this morning because you might just get something. You might actually find the very thing that you've been searching for for many, many years. His name's Jesus, by the way, and you're going to hear a lot about him this morning. But it is good. Doug's journey for some, and, and, and it is great to welcome some autograph hunters here as well. You're in the service that you knew that Doug was, was here. And the reason why he wanted his autograph was because Doug uh, was a professional football player and uh, in the, the old uh, first division, so that was equivalent to our premiership, played for a, a Burnley when they were in the top flight. And by the looks of things, they could be getting there again. I know Phil might have something to say if they're playing Forest, but, uh, <clears throat> but they're doing very, very well at the moment. And for many years, Doug was a professional footballer, and uh, that journey took him into America and also then into Australia. Um, from there, Doug, uh, after retiring from the football scene, started a business. It was actually uh, called McDonald's, and uh, was involved in that, one of the fir- very first franchisees in, in, in uh, Australia, and built a great business. What I've realized about Doug, because I've spent time with him in the context of business, I said this to him recently, he's an avid note taker, takes a lot of notes, watches things, very quiet in how he approaches things, doesn't say an awful lot, but observing, and that's how he's really gone about his business. And what I also uh, recognize in both Doug and Pat is that the Bible says hard work brings a profit, and they've worked hard, work, uh, very hard for everything that they've got. Um, I'll say this, they're they're very wealthy, but you wouldn't think it, because they don't brag about it. They're just very, very normal sort of people, which I think are the best kind of people, and they're also very generous people as well, and uh, that's been wonderful. So, they've built a business, and you think, well, where's it going to go from there? Well, they decided to start a church, and they build a church, and a great church in Australia that in recent years, last two or three years, they've actually transitioned to another person. And Doug actually said to me, I knew that our heart was to establish this church, but somebody needed to come in and then go and extend that church. Again, it takes a great person to recognize that because very often we can hold on to things, can't we, for our dear life. It's mine. It's my baby. I started this when actually there was just a generosity to release so he's, he's, a, he's a man of God. He's, he's, he's done it both in the 
professional world and, and also in the Christian world. And it is a great joy to have you here. And I, as I said, uh, it's not been without its own tragedy. Uh, I will say this because I don't know whether it will come out, but they, they had a son called Danny at 13 was involved in a car. Uh, 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 he was on his bike and it was a lorry, wasn't it, that uh, um, smashed into him and, and their 13-year-old son went to eternity. And um, out of that, they found faith in Jesus Christ. Out of that. Many people run away from that and blame God. Some of you have had tragedies and maybe blamed God. They didn't. They, ran, they leaned into God. And it's been a remarkable journey. So we only ever, ever have people in the life of the church. This is why I'm saying it. Out of relationship. The times when we've had people come through church we've had no relationship through have absolutely been a train crash. It's been awful every time. Because they've just gone and done what they want to do and then walked out of town and we've had to pick up the pieces. But we, we only ever now have people out of relationships, strong relational ties. And it's not because he's here because there's a family connection with me. He's here because we know he'll deliver God's word to us this morning. So, without further ado, why don't we give Doug... In fact, just for a moment, I wonder if Doug and Pat would both stand to their feet and they'll invite Steve to, uh, Doug to the stage. Let's give him a round of applause, shall we? It's great to welcome Pat and Doug. Doug, come and join us on the stage. God bless you. Thanks, mate. Good morning. Yes, we're on. Ah, awesome. Well, you know what I like about this church? That one is that I can, I can speak English. Because <laughs> they all start laughing at me when I get up in Australia. So, uh, how are you all, mates? Uh, I love this church. It's, it's got some electricity in it. And, uh, and you, know, you know why? Because this is what I, I feel every time I come. It, it's all about Jesus. It's not a religion. It's all about Jesus. And, and if there's anybody here today who, who doesn't know Jesus, and I guess that's, that's almost my message, is that, is that you'll think and, and, and let the words that are spoken today and the, the songs that have been sung sink into your spirit. And, and think about the things where you stand right now as a person. Because I believe this, that if you don't know Jesus, you don't know life. See, I found life. I, I was successful in business, successful in, in professional football, but I didn't know Jesus, and I didn't know life. And when I found him, I found life and life eternal. And so I want to speak this morning uh, from Jeremiah Forgot my glasses. Where are, where are they? I'm unusual, by the way. I don't know if you know that, but I do. I, 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 like, I like the congregation to join in. I like the congregation to join in. <laughs> Jeremiah 29. 11 and, thir- and 13, not 11, 12 and 13, but 11 and 13. And uh, it says this, for I know the plans I have for you. That's you. I'm speaking to you today. This is it. I know, this is what God's saying to you. I know the plans that I've got for you. The plans of good, and they are not for evil. The plans to give you a future and a hope. What a great piece of scripture, eh? And then in 13 it says, 
And if you seek me, or if you, if you will seek me and find me, when you search for me with all of your heart. So today, as I've, I've been saying early on, if you have never known Jesus before, just have a think about what we're doing here today, all these people. And, and apparently, uh, I think I heard it here, I think Phil mentioned it on Christmas Day, there's 600 million Christians around the world now. And so we're not on our own, and uh, it's an incredible, uh, incredible amount of people. And so what, I had everything prepared. I prepared everything before um, in, in Australia, and I got this incredible message uh, to bring you. I've got, I'll probably bring it tonight, actually, at, at Mansfield now. Um, so, but Phil said something on Christmas Day, and it was like God just speaking to me and saying, I, 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 want, you to, I want you to pick that up and, and make a message out of it. And, and so I was really annoyed with the Lord. And, but, you know, it's, it's all work, isn't it? It's, <laughs> wow. You know, so anyway... I try to do what he says as much as I can. Uh, I'm not very successful, but he did. But he said something about um, nothing good ever came out of Bethlehem. And and he was referring it to, that's what people say about Ilkeston too. You know what I mean? Oh, nothing ever good can come out of there. Well, I'll tell you, this is good here. And I've been coming a few years, I mean, only once every few years but every time I've seen it, it, it it's like this it's electric it's, it's, it's dynamic it's a Jesus church it's awesome to be here I'll tell you in fact if I move from Australia I'm going to come here yeah but 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 I, I, I'm promising you now I don't want to be the pastor I've been one of them Whew. that's the hardest job in the world I might be the song leader yeah. what are you laughing at Gee, me, I don't know. You you, you haven't even heard me sing. I'm going to talk about that in a bit. Anyway, let's get on with what we're doing. So really, if if this this message today doesn't doesn't react with you, it's not my fault, it's, it's his. Okay? That's fair enough, eh? Now, you know, some of you, some of you will know that uh, uh, I, I, the last two years of my schooling life, from 14 to 16, uh, was in Ilkeston. I, I, I uh, came from Newton uh, down to West Houses on the bus, on the train, got off at Trowell, and caught the bus from Trowell to, the, to uh, Ilkeston, and then walked up to the uh, School of Further Education for two years. I want you to remember that because it's important on this message. It shows you just uh, how fit I am. <laughs> that takes some doing, eh? Every day and then, and then going back and, and then coming again the next day and what have you. And uh, I, I learned a lot, you know, because at that school, uh, it taught me such a, a lot of things about myself, but it taught me a lot of things about, you know, where I would end up in life. It was quite amazing because I was one of the uh, top students in that school, and you'll find out as I, I just tell you a little bit about it this morning. So uh, 
the two years I had at that school were quite incredible. I learned so much. And we had a, uh, a guy, he was an English teacher, and his name was Mr. Griffiths. And I hope he's not in here today. <laughs> or any relation of, of his. And uh, you, you'll wonder why I've... Uh, I talk, I'll, anyway, I'll, I'll talk about him and, and just... Mr. Griffiths, remember that name, because I might come back and preach again an, another time here. Mr. Griffiths. And one day, you, you all just heard that I were a professional footballer. I just loved to play football when I was a kid, and that was my life, you know. I, I just knew I was going to be a professional footballer. And um, so I, I, I didn't used to do my own work all that well. My English homework. And I'll never forget that when I became prominent at that school was a day when uh, Mr. Griffiths said, okay, I'm, I'm giving some, some homework out tonight and, and I want it back in the morning. And uh, so I went home and, and uh, the first thing I did is uh, put my football boots on and have a game of football and leave the homework right till the last you know, I mean, you've got to get your priorities right. You know, first thing I did before I eat or anything is get me football stuff on, go down the park, and all the lads would have a game of football, and then I'd go back and do my, my um, English stuff. Anyway, I, I, I went back to school the next day. I handed it in, and, and uh, it, it, we went back to school the, the day after that, and uh, he stood up in school. I'll never forget this. And... Um, it, this is what made me so prominent as, a, as a, a scholar at that school, the most prominent ever to go at that school, in actual fact. Um, and he, he, um, he held my homework up like this. And he said, I want you to know, right in front of all the class, I want you to know that this is the worst homework I've ever had in 30 years of being an English teacher. And I knew right there I'd done well. <laughs> in fact, what I did, I was sat down, and it never bothered me that much, you know. My football were going good. And it never bothered me. And I, I, I turned to the left, and I had a couple of friends over there, you know, and, and I looked at them like that as he said it, and they both went... <laughs> I w after that, I was a star of that school, I want to tell you. And they've never forgot it. They, they always remind me of if I ever see anybody. But that's it. But, but you, if you could imagine when, when uh, you first opened this church, and they said it's in Ilkeston, I freaked. I thought, Ilkeston? You can't open a church in Ilkeston. You know, I mean, I'm famous there. <laughs> You know, I'm famous there. And there's only two things that concern me. I've got to tell you right now. He, he, let me just tell you this before I, I tell you that. One day he said, he said to me, uh, Collins, he said, spell xylophone. Xylophone? I can't even spell it now. <laughs> xylophone? Uh, I said, I don't know how to spell xylophone. I, I can spell football. F-U-T-B-A-L-L, -L, mate. I, I've seen it text like that. So, so 
that's, that's exactly what he said to me. It was amazing to see it. So you can, you can imagine that I, I, I'm feared that he's in this congregation or a relative of his is in this congregation when I come in here and preach. It's, it's, it, it, and, and, and the worst thing is, is, is that he might stand up and say, spell xylophone. <laughs> he might. I'll tell you, it's a worry. But the, but the point I'm trying to make is, is, is there a point? Is that I, I, I love, I love my football and, and I couldn't think about anything else. And, and what really made me a noted person at that school is I took eight, eight O-levels that year I left. Good job I left. And, and uh, I, I failed them all. Every single one. So... Um, but the good thing about it was that I went to be a professional footballer when I left. So I don't know. I don't know how you wake all these things out. Um, uh, he had a plan for me. Ah, 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 hello. Hello. Uh, he, he had a plan. And, and I guess English probably, and I don't want to put anybody off having a good education, but English wasn't really all that important to me. Uh, in the context of where God was taking me. It's an interesting theory, but I just want, it, I just want you to know if, if you ever come across Mr. Griffiths, remember me to him. <laughs> because I, I am a Christian now, and, and I have forgiven him. And I love him with all my heart. But if he ever comes in this church, we'll have him. See, I had a dream. Sound like Martin Luther King. I had a dream. Unfortunately, I I fulfilled that dream. Not everybody fulfills the dream. I want to tell you, there's always someone who wants to take your dream away. There's always someone who wants to change your dream. There's always someone who doesn't agree with your dream. You'll always get it. You'll always get the opposition through life, no matter what and no matter when. If you look at Joseph, for instance, have a look at that. Joseph, he went through rough patch after rough patch after rough patch just because he had a dream and he told his dream to his, to his brothers. And they threw him down into a hole and left him there. He had a dream, but did he fulfill it? Yes, he did. He fulfilled it. God, God fulfilled it for him, and we should say, and I, and I believe that God, that's what God does. When you look at this scripture that I've brought today, he's got plans for you, every single one of you. You might be sat here today thinking, I'm not doing much, but he's got a plan for you. I'm not bothered if you're 70 or 7. It's, it makes no difference. He's still got a plan for you. He still wants to use you. Martin Luther King, have a think about him, that incredible speech that he made. Somebody didn't like him. A lot of people didn't like him. But did it, it came to pass. He never saw it, but it came to pass. We see the, the, the racial, of, racial against black people or, or yellow people or what now is, is, is non-existent, really, except for certain people. But he saw it pass. So did Abraham, eh? 
Have a think about that. Abraham will promise the, the, the countries of, of the, as many as the stars in the sky. He never saw it come to pass, but it came to pass. God's, he had, God had a plan for him. I remember, you know, then somewhere in the, in the midst of all that, I got saved. In, incredible uh, relationship with Jesus. He, he, uh, he just come one day and, and just changed our hearts. It, it's the most amazing thing I could ever say. Um, it was just incredible. I, I stood at, we have a window that overlook, overlooks a mountain and, and, and it, I just stood there one day and Jesus came into my heart after, after Pat had said something, has given me a scripture in actual fact. I didn't want to know anything about Jesus. I wasn't interested in Jesus. I was only interested in me, unfortunately. But I, when he came into my life, I've never been the same. It's just amazing. You've, you've got a reason for living. You've got, you've got a hope. You've got a hope every morning when you get up. You've got a hope in Jesus. It's amazing. I, 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 just, I just get more passionate for him every single day. But I, I did, I got saved, and I got saved radically. And I'm the type of guy who likes to, when I, when I get saved radically, I, I, I'm the type of guy who wants to kind of get into things. And we, I had a pastor, my first pastor, I, it was a church similar to this, he was on fire for God. He was radical for God, he was an amazing guy, and, and he wanted to see the, uh, the congregation used. And I think that's a good thing, eh? You know, and, and uh, so he looked at me, and, and I, he kind of, saw me as a, a, I guess as a big businessman and, and he wanted to use me in his church and all that kind of thing and um, I was green at this time in, in regards to Christianity but he, he said to me one day he said well, I'm going to put you on the uh, worship leaders roster <laughs> I'll get you thrown out <laughs> so, so, so I said that's the place for me. You see, just like that. You'll laugh at that in a minute. And, and so I, I went on the worship leaders roster because I, I wanted to be part of this thing, you know. I mean, that's what we should want to be. We, we don't want to be just people who come to church on a Sunday. We want to be every single minute of my life is, is soaked up with the thoughts of Jesus in my life. I think about him all day. I, 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 I talk to him in the car. And do you do this? Is, am I on my own? It's just the fan, most fantastic thing I, I've ever done that day when I give my heart to him. Anyway, he puts me on this, this worship leader's roster. And, and uh, it, it comes my first day to, to uh, lead the singing. He never asked me if I could, if I could sing or anything. <laughs> you know, you, I don't know what he was thinking about. I mean, the first thing you do if you're going to put somebody in a singing thing is say, can you sing? You know, wouldn't you though? You would. You'd say, can you sing? I would. I was a businessman. I'd say, can you turn burgers? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, he never said that. He just put me on this roster and, uh, and, uh, and I turned up this day with the band. I ain't got a clue what we're doing. It was the most amazing day you've ever seen. And uh, no, it was. It was. They had a song, you know, like they have uh, some. You, you'll get an ill song, and it'll it, it'll catch. You know what I mean? 
It, it, it'll catch, and you sing it week after week, and then after end of service and all that kind of stuff. And, and there was, in them days, there were, there were this song that were like that. It was called Dance Like David Dance. Can you remember it? 75, 86. Yeah. Um, so it, it was this, and it was my time, see? And I could see the people actually getting excited, you know? And so when the chorus came, I, says, I said, come on, let's dance, you know? And, uh, and, and so ev- everybody, everybody, I've never seen it in a church before, everybody got up and started dancing. They did. They did. So I, I thought, they must like me. And... Uh, <laughs> So I said, you know, the chorus came in. I said, let's sing that chorus again. Let's dance like David danced. And I closed my eyes, you know, because it, it was the anointing was coming on me. It, it was. I was getting excited. And, and so we kept doing this dance. And I, I, I'd gone about 15 minutes. And, and you, you know, Australia is a hot place. You know, it was summer's day. It was, it was 30 degrees outside, and they were starting to sweat. So I opened my eyes, and everybody was sat down going, Like that, except one, one bloke, my best mate. Yeah, he's still my best mate today. He did, he's there, dancing away. And I'll tell you, if, if I was still there, he'd still be dancing. Yeah, he would. He, he, he's a, he's a, he, I couldn't believe it. You know, he was going away like this. Like, and, you know, I, 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 don't, I got my eyes closed and I opened them and there he was. Oh, mate, what a mate. Eh? What a mate. God's got a plan for you, you see. Out of that came people wanting me to preach. Because that didn't last long, Julie. <laughs> that didn't last long. But, uh, but out of that came that God has got a plan for me. He's got a plan for my life, and I can do something for him. You know, I want to tell you some things today. If, if you'll just give yourself... He'll put people around you. He'll put people in places. He'll, 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 he'll open the doors in, in situations where you need help. He'll bring them the right people around you to, to fit you in. I've seen him do it in my life. It's quite amazing to see that. And, and you, you, what you'll say is, you know, this happened today. That's a coincidence, isn't it? No, it's not. I want to give you a couple of examples of, of how God has guided my life and, how, and, uh, and the plans that he had for me. And a, a couple of examples are, uh, the first one is, um, wrong page, I think. The first one is when I, when I became a professional footballer, I played for a team called Pinkston. Have you heard, have you heard of Pinkston? It's a very famous place. In fact, Pinkston Miners Welfare I played for. And as a kid, I was just a kid, just 15 years of age. And uh, I always wanted to be a professional footballer. And what happened was that we had another guy in our side that was a really good player. And... This scout from Rotherham United, he, he came to watch this guy play. And, uh, and I was playing, of course. He was a right winger, and I was a left winger in them days. And uh, instead of 
liking the one that he'd come to see. <laughs> he liked me. Amazing, eh? You, you might say, well, that's pretty amazing. I went on there to have a 25 years career in professional soccer. Amazing. I remember when we got the McDonald's. I want to tell you, as you probably already gathered anyway, I'm no genius. Except in English. <laughs> Are you there, Mr. Griffiths? It haunts me every time I come here that he'll be here. And I went over to Australia to coach one of the top sides in Australia, a team then called Sydney Olympic. And in, in the uh, midst of all the people that used to come and watch them was this one guy who was a director of McDonald's. And we went on tour. We came to England, actually, and, went and played at Singapore and, and what have you and, and um, played at Manchester United. And um, he came with us. And him and I got really friendly. We got good friends. He was a Scotch guy, a director of McDonald's. And he came up to me one day. He says, Doug, he says, have you ever thought about going into business? And I said, oh, I, I have actually. I mean, I come from a family who that's all they ever did, run businesses. And he said to me, well, I've noticed how you handle players and handle people. He said, and I reckon you'd be absolutely fantastic in a, in a McDonald's, a director at McDonald's. I know now, I didn't know then, but I know now who put him there. I know God did. And if you can take hold of this scripture, well, I can go again. We had 25 years in McDonald's and success and uh, it was the fifth biggest restaurant in, in, in Australia, and it made loads of money. It was quite amazing. And we got another one, and, and that was very successful too. And we sold, we sold out about eight years ago, didn't we? And, but it was very, very successful. And it was because God put people around me. God guided me. Even though sometimes a part of that my life, I, I wasn't a Christian. Are you with me? If you're not a Christian, he still created you. You're still one of his kids. Yeah? That's what you've got to understand. And so I know now, I can see the, what he did in my life and where he sent me and the people he put around me. And, I, and, and here I'm thinking, you know, that's just a coincidence. But it's not. It, it's here. It's right here. I've got a plan for you. I've got a plan for you. And it's a good plan. The best plan you can get. I, I, look, I want to finish this morning. and, and uh, I want to finish with you with this. And it, It's a piece of scripture in the word that I, it's one of my favorite bits of scripture. And I, I want, I want to read it, but I want you to take it as a, as a prophecy. And I, and I want you to understand it too, because it's so important to realize that what Jesus did for us. 
what Jesus did for me uh, is the greatest thing that I could ever know. And um, I, I just felt the Lord say to me, just read this scripture to them, but pray it over them as a church. And uh, so that's what I'm going to do as we finish. It's uh, Hebrews 12, verse 18 to 24. And I'm just going to explain it to you because it's when God distinguishes uh, between two mountains. He talks about two mountains. One is Mount Sinai and one is Mount Zion. And don't forget I'm talking to you today and God's talking to you today. I'm not just standing up here talking. It's God that's talking to you. And this is relative to you. And in that passage of scripture, it's, it's, uh, the scripture is 18 to 24, and you can read it when you get home. Just, but just, if you just listen this morning, you'll probably pick up what I'm trying to say. He, he mentions these two mountains, and, and he said, you have not come to Mount Sinai. But you have come to Mount Zion. And then he says certain things about these mountains. And he talks about Mount Sinai first. And he says, you you have not come. And I want to say to you today that you haven't come to this mountain. You haven't come to Mount Sinai. It's a mountain of fear. It's a mountain that represents the law. You haven't come to that mountain. That's what it says. And four four times it tells you about the blackness and the darkness of that mountain. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You have not come to that mountain. And this is for you. I want you, just close your eyes just for one minute. I want you to take this because you, then he says, but you have come to the mountain of grace and mercy, and love, and kindness, and goodness, and everything you can think of that's good, and everything you can think of when you think about Jesus. That's what you've come to. You're not under the law. You're under grace. And you've come to the mountain, Mount Zion. You know, Mount Sinai is the mountain of flesh. Jesus fulfilled every single thing that that law represented. And he made another mountain, and they called it Mount Zion, the mountain of grace and mercy and forgiveness. You, church, you, stand up, please. I'm getting excited now. You have come to that mountain the mountain of grace, God's mountain, the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. I just want to finish as I say this today. You know, we serve a meticulous God. 
I want you to know something about the Savior that went to Savior. (laughs) Jesus. God is so meticulous. Everything had to be done right to secure your salvation. He died on that cross. He shed his blood on that cross for you, for me, for every single person that's ever lived. But it's like every gift, you've got to take it before it's yours. And I'm saying to you today, I'm offering you a gift, a gift of everlasting life on that mountain. And how meticulous God is. When it didn't stop at the cross, when I learned this, it, it took me on again to another level. When you think about the temple in the Old Testament, what they had to do and ritualize everything to get salvation, to get forgiveness for sin. Jesus had to take his own blood up to heaven and and to be our great high priest had to sprinkle the blood on everything in the throne room of God. The great high priest, your great high priest, the one now who sits with the Father, the head of the body of Christ. He's calling to you today to come and belong to him. Lord Jesus, we thank you for everything you've done. We thank you that, Lord, that you did everything that was needed to fulfill that law to bring us into an area and a part of grace. We thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.